Animal Central on cliffcentral.com. Good morning, animal lovers. Wednesday's rolled around again. I'm your host for the next hour. My name is Sharon Dale, and we once again talking about all things animal. I really, really always enjoy all the fantastic guests we have in studio. And today we're going to talk about a really hot topic. We're going to talk about uh, something that Carte Blanche exposed over the last weekend about the keeping of exotic animals as pets. And to discuss that, we've got Smaracht Lowe from Ban Animal Trading in studio. And then we've also got at the same time, we've got Corinne Spotterswood. And now Corinne is a very well-known field guide and naturist. And she's going to talk to us about you know, the little animals, from the little ones all the way to the big ones that we find in the wild and how people can enjoy them. And and I think this is a conversation that both ladies can get involved in because there are ways that we can enjoy our animals without going to circuses, without, you know, the animals suffering for our entertainment. But before we get started on that, I actually found some wonderful little facts about gorillas this week. Gorillas are very, very dear to my heart. And they also under tremendous threat. There are only about 700 mountain gorillas that live high up in the mountain in the mountains in two protected parks in Africa. These are lowland gorillas, and you may have seen baby gorillas being carried on the backs of their mummies. But for the first few months after birth, the mother holds the little baby gorilla to her chest. So when these poachers go in and and kill these gorillas for for bushmeat, to make ornaments, can you believe it, to make ornaments out of the, I don't know if you call a gorilla's a hand, it's not a paw, it's a hand. Now, an adult male gorilla is called a silverback because of the distinctive silvery fur he's got growing on his back and hips. Each gorilla family has a silverback as a leader. Who's, so, well, his job is to scare away any other animals by standing on his back legs and beating his chest. And I'm sure most of you have seen this Awesome, awesome sight. Now, gorillas are herbivores, so they spend most of their day foraging for food and eating bamboo, uh, leafy plants, and they sometimes even eat small insects. Can you believe that these adult gorillas eat up to 30 kilograms of food every day? And they're about a meter tall to their shoulders when walking on all fours using their arms and their legs. A gorilla should be able to live 40 to 50 years. That is, if there weren't poachers out there and people taking away their land. They're considered to be very intellectual animals and are known for the use of tools and, and communication as well. Now, there have been some gorillas that have been used, that have been put in zoos in captivity that have been um, taught to use sign language. And I actually saw a program on that, which was actually very sad to me because this one gorilla was taught sign language, but then was put into a zoo where it actually sat there and it signed, it is sad, which just completely broke my heart. So please remember these are endangered endangered habitats. Gorillas are endangered animals and their habitat is being destroyed when people use the land for farming and they cut down trees. They're killed by poachers and they get caught in poacher snares. So if you want to help out, you can visit www.saveagorilla.org or the International Gorilla Conservation Program, which is on uh, www.igcp.org. 
org. So let's spare a thought for our, our big brothers. I mean, we're supposed to have descended from, from the apes. So there we go. Now, another bit of good news that I got in was that New Zealand has unveiled plans to create a South Pacific marine sanctuary that is the size of France. Now, this is going to protect one of the world's most pristine ocean environments. I want to get somebody on the line to talk to us about that, but this is absolutely fantastic because overfishing is a growing problem that could mean no more fish for us. Now, would closing the ocean for a few years stop this trend? Who knows? But the Prime Minister of New Zealand said on Monday that the Kermadec Ocean Sanctuary would cover an area of 62,000 square kilometers, which is, a, and it's about a thousand kilometers off New Zealand's northeast coast. So that is some great news. At least, you know, people are doing something out there. And then lastly, a bit of news. Um, I don't know, most of you or people who certainly own horses will have picked up a copy of of HQ magazine. Now, part of their 100th edition celebration, they're hosting a, a golf day, and the proceeds are in aid of the National Horse Trust. This is happening on Wednesday, the 21st of October at the Kyle Army Country Club. So... All you golfers out there, yes, something to do, something for a good cause and to help our horses. It starts at 11.30 and there's a full ball, uh, a combo or a whole sponsorship available. So to confirm your bookings, you need to contact Chanel at panorama.co.za or you can contact Claudia Sharon. She is on Claudia at panorama, P-A-N-O-R-A-M-A dot C-O dot Z-A. Um, donations are also welcome. Uh, at this fundraising event, the National Horse Trust was established in 18, what was 18, 1989, not that long ago, to take care of abused and neglected horses. It assists in the funding of various horse care units all over the country, and it also assists in the prevention of abuse of horses and donkeys. So this is really, really a great, great cause. Okay, so let's move on to my two wonderful guests. Smarachta, welcome. Karin, thank you again for joining us. We had you in a couple of weeks ago, and we had so many great comments that we thought we'd bring you back in again. But, Smarachta, let's start with you. The carte blanche episode on Sunday. Now, I missed it. I, I wasn't in. I'm waiting for the repeat. But just for our listeners in, for those people who didn't watch the carte blanche yes. uh, episode on exotic pets, tell us about this. Um, the program was basically about um, cats being kept in backyards as pets, you know. So, in other words, tigers, mostly tigers that are kept as babies. Because, yes. as you know, lions are indigenous, indigenous animals, so we don't really get a permit or something like that. I mean, you could get a permit. It's not really that difficult. Right. But you need a permit to keep a lion. But an equally dangerous animal like mm. a tiger, you don't need a permit for him or her. Mm. So, all you need is a transport permit, which nobody checks anyway. So, yes. who, why bother? Um, and so basically you can have a tiger cub in your backyard, um, you know, amongst the washing lines yes, yes, and yes. The, it's actually atrocious. And these animals are equally dangerous. It makes, really makes no sense whatsoever. And the fact is that people who keep these cats are not doing anything illegal. No. No, that is, that is the most surprising part here is that as you, as you say, you can't keep a lion, yeah. but you could probably keep a tiger, a, I don't know, you could keep any kind of animal, a kangaroo, you could keep koala bears, as long as it's exotic. Absolutely. Which makes no sense. It makes no sense. And you know what you just said about New Zealand was so interesting for me to listen to, because that is the way to go. That is what conservation means. It Mm. means doing something that benefits the wild populations. Yes. Everything in the wild. 
We often hear from, um, they call themselves the hobbyists when mm. they are into exotic breeding and so on. They'll say, no, 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 but you know what humans are doing? They are going into the areas where these animals are. They're encroaching. Um, so it means these animals are going to become extinct. And so we take them out of the wild. We breed them and then we have the species captive. That is just, that's not conservation. That's doing it for pleasure and profit. Mm-hmm. And that's why with anything that comes into exotic animals when they're not rescue, we cannot think otherwise that it's only about people, mm, my pleasure, profit. my profit, mm. what I want. So it's all about how we dominate the animal yes. kingdom. And that is just really revolting. And there's a lot of ego involved too. Oh. I saw a report about some chap who had two tiger cubs in his back garden. Yes. And people were reporting this, but of course there's nothing anyone can do about it because it isn't illegal. Exactly. And this guy was obviously very proud and good ego boost. Mm, Absolutely. It makes him look like really super because, wow, look what I've got. Mm. I've got two tigers as pets. You've got a little dog. But where do they get them from, Smarta? You know, I was actually found a very interesting article, um, and it was – um, something that they spoke about, it was um, traffic that was quoted. And they said that as of July 2015 this year, mm. um, there are more than 280 tigers kept across 44 facilities in South Africa. Sorry, just repeat that? 200 and, uh, more than. Yes. 280 tigers kept across 44 facilities in South Africa. So we talk about puppy farms, but we've got tiger farms. Wow. And there's nothing, you know. They benefit, obviously, when there's something wrong. You know, then the Animal Protection Act comes into place. Yes, yes. But if nobody goes there, if nobody sees what's going on, they won't be reported. No. And these people just, yeah, dumb tigers at eight days old, nine days old. And people buy them because they've got an exotic pet. makes them look really special. So you could actually go to one of these facilities and buy a tiger. You could. And you just need to make sure, well, if you want to do it mm. the legal way, you yes. need to make sure that you have a transport permit. But then after that, it's, you know, That's absolutely fine. not a problem. Not a problem at all. And it's strange that with this <laughs> carrying on that we haven't had more accidents. I mean, yes. these are supposed to be, they, they're wild animals. They they're, are wild, I'm, yes. I'm surprised there hasn't been more escapes and, and accidents, but yes. I'm sure it's coming. I'm sure it's coming. Mm. It has to come at some point. Absolutely. You know, we've heard animals, wild animals or captive wild animals um, lash out at their owners with monkeys, oh, um, yes. you know, all yes. of that. So this is just an accident waiting to happen. Even with a circus, we've heard, you know, where tigers have mm. attacked circus yes. workers and so on because of the absolute frustration these animals have to go through. You know, the cages, sorry, just while we're on the circus issue, the cages in the circus are much smaller than would ever be okay in a zoo. Yet it's okay mm. for a circus to keep them in those cages. I find this tragic and, I, and illogical. No, no, it is. It is. And you were talking about monkeys. Many shows back, we, we had a lady in for monkey rescue and she was talking mm-hmm. about it's, it's all very fine and well, this cute little monkey and, you know, everybody is so excited about it. But the, that little monkey has special needs. Yes. It has to be with its mother 24 seven. And once they become adolescents, their behavior changes and they actually become dangerous. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And people don't know this. No. Um, because it's cute to have a monkey. Mm. And I've often said to people, and this may sound really, really harsh, and I, I don't mean it in such a harsh way, but so many people will say, I keep a little baby monkey because I don't have children. Mm. So I'm going to dress her up in a little bib and mm. nappies mm. and so on. If you really want to make a difference to the lives of 
any beings Rather go to a children's home Help out there The need is so great yes. Instead of actually negatively impacting On the life of an exotic animal mm. Who needs to be with him, with his or her mom Go to a, a orphanage And go, go cuddle babies Do something Foster Absolutely No, there is always a way around it Now as I said, I missed the show. What were they focusing on? You mentioned tigers. What other exotic pets are, are big in this country right now? Um, it seems to be that wolves are becoming a very big issue. Um, this is this was not the focus mm-hmm. um, of Carte Blanche, but we've seen it happening. Yes, that wolves are now being bred to be sold, you know, to people. Now, really, as a pet, you know, <laughs> we have so many domesticated dogs and cats who Sitting are needing in shelters. Homes. Yes. yes. Why do we need to have exotic animals like wolves in our country? Now, if they start biting, if they start creating havoc, what are we going to do with them? Where are they going to go? They know, I, I don't even know. I think there's one or there may be, there's one sanctuary and I don't even know if it's really all that legit. I'm not sure mm. at all. But what are we going Where to do, do they with go? them? Well, you see, that was my question as we were saying early on. I said to Corinne, I said, the problem is, is yeah, yeah, and I've seen it. I've seen the little kids in the pet stores going, oh, daddy, please buy me a bearded dragon, you know, and they want these animals. And, yes, they're so cute and you, you really want to bring them home. But you get them home and you realize that they're a lot more work than, than a cat would be, a domestic cat or a dog. And somewhere down the line the kid loses interest and then where do they go? Mm-hmm. I mean, what happens then to these animals? Are they sort of released into the wild where they won't survive? Because this is not their environment Do they get taken back to the pet stores For resale, resale, resale Um, Or they killed You know I've seen uh, Big boa constrictors that have been Hacked into pieces and thrown in in rubbish Mm. bins Mm. And it's a big Job to look after these And there's no education The pet stores do not educate the public In what it entails No because they're really They're after the money Um Lisa Jane Fox, who's part of Ban Animal Trading, mm. always says, if you take money out of the equation, we have to wonder how many of these exotic breeders will still be breeding animals. Yes, for conservation only for conservation. to put back in yeah, the wild. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know, the funny thing is with exotic breeding, you can't really take those animals and put them back in the environment because they call, no. carry all kinds of diseases yeah. and so on. So this conservation little thing that they call just makes no sense whatsoever. Now, Corinne, I'm going to jump over to you for a second, Jay. You were saying earlier, you were talking to us about the mallard, mallard duck. Now, that's an exotic animal. What were you saying about that? Well, exactly what the lady next to me is saying is that the um, what do you do with, with a, an animal that you don't want anymore? And mm. mallard ducks, are. We've, I get phone calls about people who want to release them into the nature reserve. Where I do a lot of, lot of work in Kluvendal. Uh, and we had a mallard duck that was released without without permission. And this mallard duck, um, they actually interbreed with our indigenous ducks, with our African black duck and with our Egyptian geese. So we have a pair of of African black ducks that on on the dam in, in our reserve. And yes, this um, mallard duck did manage to push the male away because this mallard duck was a male, and or is a male. Well, was he's gone now. Um, and then he did, um, yeah, he chased the Af- um, the African black duck away, the male, and then the f- was left with the female. And they must have mated, and I don't know what's happened to her. She's she's also gone now, mm. and he he's uh, luckily the African uh, the mallard duck is also gone. So so this is what happens if they're released into the wild. 
if they survive, that's mm. firstly a big if, but in the case of the stuck, it obviously could adapt and survive. They could eventually push out the indigenous species. Or interbreed. And, and interbreed and yes. create a, a hybrid. Yes. 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 Gosh, that, that is very, very scary. And, and what are you say? Wolves, tigers, what else, Murata? Uh, wolves, tigers, snakes, obviously, mm. you know, exotic reptiles, um, seem to be big business. Yes. I'm not quite sure. Um, I've heard that the business is taking a bit of a dive. Yes. And, um, so, you know, the business is taking a dive, but some people seem to say that no, everything is okay. Um, so it's a lot of snakes, um, lots of, uh, bearded dragons, obviously. Um, lots of exotic reptiles, which people want because they think they're easy to care for, you know, just mm. stuff it in a cage. Oh, and and now and again, yeah, or even spiders, lots of spiders, tarantulas and so on. And for me, it's really sad, you know. You find them in the pet shops in these little glass, mm. I don't know what you call them, even these little plastic. Tiny um, little yeah, buckies, like, yeah. Yeah, they look like, some of them look like jam jars yes. or whatever. And the pet people will tell you, the breeders will tell you, no, 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 but that's the way they live. They they don't need a lot of space. Okay, they don't need a lot of space. But in nature, they don't live in a jam jar. No. So if they want to move around, they can actually move around. Here you confine them to a, such a small space. I think it's absolutely cruel. No, it is. And even fish. I've seen those little, mm. what they call Chinese fighter fish. Oh, the Siamese. Siamese, Siamese fighter fish. As you say, in little tiny jam jars. You know, that is so sad. I was reading about them the other day. They they um, are in the little rice puddles in the rice fields mm. and so on. Yes. And when those puddles dry up, they kind of lie in wait. And they also sometimes jump to another puddle where there's a little bit more water. Okay. So they act a fish. They're not just... They don't sit in a little Swim in a jar circle all and the sit time. there no, the whole time. No. You know, they will jump if it if it's necessary for them to go. They will do that. Yet we keep them. Why do we keep fish like that? It's an ornament. We see fish as ornaments. Mm, yes. And this is, you know, the way that they actually trade in fish is actually terrible. If you see the way that these animals are um, imported into South Africa, they come in little plastic triangles like that. Good it's like a little bit of water inside. Yes. And we know how many animals die, you know, through transport and so on. Is it really worth it just because we want a beautiful fish yes, in our home decorate. because it matches the carpets yes. or the curtains or whatever? Goodness me. And then obviously birds, another, I mean, the parrots and the, the little birdies, which also I've seen horrible stories about how they transported. They're literally bound up and put into toilet roll holders. You know, the African grey parrots, it's, the, those are really a huge, it's a huge problem in South Africa. Um, well, not for us only, but even from the Congo, because mm. most of these um, African grey parrots are wild caught in Congo. What they then do is they transport them to South Africa and figures show or percentages show that between 45 and 60% of these animals die in the catching process. Um, Then they have to be transported here and another 10 to 20% will die. We have them here and then we allow them to breed and we call their offspring. Remember now the parents are wild caught. Yes. And we call the offspring, we call them domesticated or captive bred. That's not captive bred. Those are the babies of wild-caught animals. Something really, really interesting that I just need to find here, um, and this was about um, about the parrots. Um, so we exported from South Africa, um, South Africa, Bahrain, and Senegal, we exported 120,000 African grey parrots between 2007. Exported. Exported. Wow. That's a lot. So if we have so many animals to export, 
why do we still need to import them? If the captive, if captive breeding is so wonderful, you know, and we're saving the wild populations because that's Mm, what they say. If we are say, we're saving the wild populations by breeding them in captivity. If this is true, then why are we still importing? Yes, because they're African not indigenous. So obviously no. they are being captive yes. bred. Yes. But why and are we still... And then sent back to the country they came from. No, no, no. They go to Europe. To they Europe. go everywhere else. Yes. So if this is true, why are we still importing captive um, wild caught yes. African grey parrots? It makes no sense. No. No, it makes no sense whatsoever. And I mean, the, the list, you know, as you're saying, goes on and on and on. I've, I've heard of the, the oddest poor little creatures kept in back gardens. And the interesting thing is, is a lot of these animals have extremely long lifespans. So, you know, these guys are going to sit in a cage or whatever for, I mean, how long does a parrot live? Isn't it something like 80, yeah. 80 years or something mm, like that? Absolutely. So he's going to sit in the cage for 80 years. Mm. And then where does he go? You know, which, which is really, really a problem. The wild court issue is also really a problem. I spoke to some people who uh, mm, uh, approve of sustainable use uh, of, you know, wildlife. So they'll say, no, it's okay. Don't worry about the people catching the parrots um, in the wild because this is really a prolific species and they won't just, you know, die out so quickly, go extinct mm. so quickly. So don't worry about that. But that's not the point. It's also about the fact that there's so much cruelty involved and this is where animal rights and animal welfare comes in. Yes, yes. Um, but people seem to think only about money, only about funding, about what I want and never mind about the animals. And the human needs. Yeah. The human need. Now, <clears throat> When we talk about um, indigenous animals, now you can maybe answer that for me, Carrie. It, it's it's illegal to keep something like a tortoise. Mm. Am I right? So yes. you can't just go into the wild and go and even you were saying earlier you you found two boys trying to catch scorpions. Legally, you're not allowed to do that. Am I right? Yes. No, you're not allowed to do that. But I was just thinking the whole um, sort of habitat, and it's very exciting to actually find. Animals, any animals, in a in a natural environment, mm. and you uh, that's what we actually do in the in the reserve. We actually go out. Uh, the school children, also adults, we give them a, a jar, depending what 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 the walk is. For example, we've got frog evenings. We go looking for frogs in the evening because yes. they're nocturnal. We we give the the, the participants a, a little container and or a plastic bag, and they go out and catch tadpoles and frogs and whatever else. You know, we might have, we've caught little terrapins, which we do have. We have got crabs, and it's very exciting. It's really a lot of fun, and then whatever we catch, um, we show the, the the presenter, and we, we all we show each other as well. And he will tell you what it, what frog it is, what tadpole it is, yes. and what what role it has in nature. Right. So this is very exciting. It's much better than having. I mean, it is lovely to having frogs in your own pond, as we do have. We do actually have frogs in our pond that have come by themselves at home. But it's 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 good to see the see um, the animals in the natural habitat. And there yes. are lots if you look for it. And it's actually wonderful going as we do with an expert in insane insects or in spiders and scorpions or in butterflies. Um, there are a lot of different uh, uh, we don't. We have had reptile walks, but uh, we don't have that. We don't. Reptiles are not that easy to find, but we do also have um, birding, of course. Birding yes. we also have. So a lot of. Um, so, but what we do with school groups, we actually when we take groups not bigger than twenty, we give the little children each a, a jar or big children. We also have matrix as well, a little jar, and they find whatever interests them. 
and it can be a caterpillar, it can be grasshopper, it can be a uh, fungus, and then we uh, explain explain what it is and how, to, uh, how what it eats and what eats it, and then um, what role it has in nature because everything in nature has a has a function. Absolutely, and that makes it really exciting because often when you go for a walk, you don't look at the small things, you don't mm. see them, mm. and that also comes boils down to also what those little what those creatures eat. So it can be the plants as well. You also just learn about the plants and the, the flowers and the seeds, and so it's a whole ecological experience yes. that we that we offer to the in 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 the, the wild, community. which which is uh, to me and it is wild. Yes. yes, you know, you were saying earlier, people are saying, well, where can we go to see animals? You know, isn't it perhaps better to see them out of a cage? Absolutely. This is what Banhamal Trading is looking at at the moment, um, to compile a list of where people can take their children. Mm. You know, because we always say, no, don't do this. No, don't do that. Don't go to the zoo. Don't go to the circus. Don't captive breed animals. Don't do this. Don't do that. And we need to say to people, this is where you can go to learn more about yes. animals in nature. This is where you can go to a reserve to see what these animals look like in nature without interacting with them, just to look at them and mm-hmm. see what it's, what it's yes. like. And, and not kill them. Don't kill them. <laughs> Not yeah. kill them and not to have them in a cage. Yes, yes. Now, I mean, you know, there's been arguments that I've seen people say, and, and I, you know, you read these things. I, I saw an article about some uh, that was written by somebody saying that if there weren't animals in zoos, kids wouldn't learn to love animals because they they wouldn't see them. You know, a photograph wouldn't be. What do you say to that? You know, I don't think that people learn compassion for animals by handling Mm. them and by seeing them in captivity. Honestly, I look at animals and my children look at animals in captivity and it's a sad thing to see. That doesn't teach you compassion. Mm. What teaches you compassion is to understand that you cannot go to the zoo. Because of these and these reasons, we learn to respect animals by understanding why it's wrong to keep them in a circus, to Mm. keep them in a zoo and so on. So, I'm sorry, but you know, I didn't grow up on a farm and just a personal issue, but I have compassion for sheep yes, and yes, pigs. And absolutely. So th- that doesn't work for me. something that you, that you have. And now just turning to the circuses for a second, I mean, that is just tragic. To me, that is tragic when you see these poor animals that, ha- that live, as you say, in these tiny little cages transported from pillar mm-hmm. to post. Um, made to rehearse, let's call it that, yes. every single day for human entertainment. And then when they get too old or they're not performing anymore, they are euthanized. Yes, because where uh, do they go? Where do, again, yeah, where yeah. would a trained polar bear end up, you know? Yes. Or a, yes. Well, maybe not a polar bear, I don't know if they've trained them, <laughs> well, but a grizzly bear. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you saw that article, I think it was in People magazine, about that poor bear that was kept in captivity that lost all of its hair. Mm. I mean, it it was just too terrible to mm. see this poor animal and what had become of this proud brown bear. Yes, yes. You know, we take absolutely beautiful and majestic animals and we reduce them to pathetic creatures mm. sitting on a little ball yeah. or jumping through a hoop just so that we can laugh. There's no educational value in that no. whatsoever. No. It's no. entertainment, and yeah. that's it. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and these, uh, I mean, these circuses again. It's not illegal. It's not but, illegal. But surely, Smaragda, there is a cruelty factor there. Surely, I'm, I, I'm correct me if I'm wrong in saying the SBCA is the only one with authority to now go and remove them. Surely, that alone that you've got a wild animal in a cage is cruel. 
absolutely. But you know, they have to work with the Animals Protection Act, so they're very strict. Yeah, you know, you see, there's nothing. The problem, yeah, and that's so outdated. So this is what the circus will tell you. Um, the circus owners, they mm. will say to you, "Well, the SPCA has been here, and they think that our animals well, are what fine." What can they do? There's, there's nothing, nothing they can they do. Can do. No. They say that they look after the animals because they've got food, water, mm. and their coats are in beautiful condition, and so on. Well, that's the way it's supposed to be. Mm. I mean, you can't abuse an animal and expect the SPCA to say that's okay yes. because they won't. But that's not the only issue that we have. It's about the captivity. It's about how do you yes, train these exactly. animals? You know, they say to us, "Yes, but you just criticize and you never come to a training session." Oh, yes. You're going to invite us to a training session mm. and show us how you actually train these animals right from the beginning. When you get them from the zoo where you've bought them from, you're going to take us to those training sessions, no. please. We don't believe no. that nonsense. Mm-mm. No, and, and, and those laws are so outdated. Mm. I do. I actually feel very sorry for the NSPCA because they take a lot of flack. Oh, they do. But their hands are completely tired mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. until those ancient laws are re-looked at and because i mean anyone you're quite right they've got food they've got water they've got shelter okay it's fine yeah nothing else they can do about exactly. it unless there's a blatant act of cruelty Absolutely. going on yes which which is sad and and i don't know Smirata, is is a difference being made i've seen a lot less circuses than when i was growing up there used to be a circus every month with these yes. animals and there seems to be a lot less you know i think at the moment i know of two circuses no actually three circuses that have animals mm. um but attendance is not that great anymore really? you know we we protest almost every weekend yes. when they are around in Khateng. and attendance is dropping to the fact it's so, so much so that they have to hand out free tickets oh really um it's it's really heartwarming for to see that but the laws need to be changed mm. and I think one way of changing the law is actually to get public participation get the people out onto the streets and not just on Facebook saying oh this is so terrible yeah. that's also important because that's the way we yes, spread the message that helps but Please come out, come join us. Let's be yeah. a voice for the animals out there. Yes. No, abs- absolutely. I think people, I actually wrote something on our canine zone Facebook wall and I thought, you know, I was just thinking that I was scrolling down and seeing all these animals up for adoption, you know, the dogs and cats and never ending. And then people would comment and comment and, and I actually set a challenge and said, this is great. That does help. It mm. does network, does create awareness. But we also need to do something in real life and not just be armchair exactly, warriors. Exactly. Exactly. We do need to, whether it's volunteering, whether it's, as you say, attending a demonstration, mm. whether it's, you know, a sp- spreading the message, getting people educated. Absolutely. You also have to do something physically. Mm, absolutely. Um, but that's good to hear that I, I think a lot of people would rather go to one of those uh, human acrobatic, I think it was yes. the Russian circus. I don't think there were any animals in it. But, I mean, that's fascinating to watch. It's a wonderful show. You walk away and you haven't contributed exactly. to animal suffering. Exactly. And it's it's wonderful. to You know, people say we're against the circus. No. <clears throat> Sorry, we're not against the circus. No, we're against the animals, animals right. being used in the circus for enter- for the entertainment of humans. Doesn't work like mm. that. Want to use humans to entertain humans? That's perfect. Yes, no, for sure. And and what about um, these dolphin shows and and all the rest that you get at the Sea Worlds of the world? Yes. Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. I think you know Taiji being so much in the news nowadays, and thank mm. you so much to social media for actually awakening us and making yes. us realize what's happening. If you see what they do, there's they they catch these dolphins not only for the meat, but then 
in captivity, they'll train them and then sell them to places like SeaWorld and right. to other zoos and so on. So any facility that uses a captive animal to entertain you needs to be avoided. No, or not absolutely. needs to be, must be avoided. Well, you know, if you think about it, the solution is actually very easy. It's just to get the buy-in yes. of the public and the laws to be changed. Exactly. It's very, very easy. I mean, um, I I don't know how it went, but I know, for example, that Soweto Animal Rescue was doing a trial run at a at a pet store in Cresta this weekend to put puppies from shelters up for adoption and mm-hmm. following the, you know, you fill in your adoption form, the checks are done, everything's Good. done, and and just to see if that would now stop. The sale of puppies and, and kittens in yes. pet stores, yes. which I don't know. I thought it was a great idea. And yet when I did sort of mention it on one of my rants on Facebook, I had a lot of people saying, uh-uh, it wouldn't work, wouldn't work. But it would be one solution so that these, they're, they're not full of puppies and kittens from puppy mills and backyard breeders. You know, I think, um, Probably we need to look at the needs and the um, the needs of the animals to the puppies mm. because they are really stressed out when they have to go, you know, say, for example, from a shelter yes. to a pet shop. So it's not a good idea probably to have the puppy, the real puppies there. It's mm-hmm. best to have like a photograph or whatever. And as long as people can fill it in and everything yes, goes back to the checked. shelter, yes. um, then it's not a bad idea. But to have the puppies physically there, I don't know if it's, you know, such mm. a good idea. I don't know. Also, you know, the internet and Facebook, all of social media is a problem when it comes to selling animals. And not only puppies and kittens, exotic animals. Yes. They're everywhere. Everywhere. And there's the, the, I think it's called the black web or am I, <laughs> I can't remember mm-hmm. exactly what, or the dark web. There we go. I found yes. it. The dark web where you can basically buy anything. I was offered, um, two pangolins this week. Goodness. Oh, my goodness. It's that too. It's that easy. Oh, now, now, Corinne, I mean, do you get a lot of these animals? I know you there at Kluifendal. Do you ever come across an indigenous animal that's been dumped there? Not often, no. Luckily okay. not. But we do, what, what is really, really nice is that Free Me, an organization you probably yes, know about. Yes, absolutely. They do release some of their rehabilitated animals there. Oh, uh, which is wonderful. Like, like hedgehogs. Yes. Um, uh, the, uh, what do you call these? The um, different lizards. They've also terrapins. They've released there. Um, the bigger animals, we they've been reintroduced by city park. So we've got mountain reedbuck and dowker, but we also have got the natural inhabitants such as um, slender mongoose, scrub hare, oh. dussies. Um, we've got an otter, an <laughs> which otter? is great. Yes, really. And we also have um, we also have a um, porcupine. Um, Goodness and, me. And, but the hedgehogs are sweet. That's the, um, they only live for three years. They don't live very long. Oh, but it's lovely. You don't often, well, hedgehogs you don't really see because they're nocturnal no. and they're quite shy. Yes. But you see the droppings. Um, I, I really enjoy seeing the droppings of the different animals because you can identify them from, you know, oh, really? <laughs> what, 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 yes. what, yes. what produced them. And that's also, again, what people discover. They actually don't normally see. You don't even look at droppings. But when they learn about droppings, it's fascinating to know whether the scrub hairs and they've been eating the fresh grass. You see lots of droppings uh, on the fire breaks where the new grass is coming out. And you see a lot of droppings off the mountain reedbuck there too. Oh, 
But now, like Clerfindahl, is it surrounded with a fencing or anything or can A fence. It's a, it's a good so thing to have a completely secure for That them. is very good, yes, because mm. it's a complete palisade. Okay. Uh, which is very important because you have a, you have a chance of poaching, unfortunately. Um, also you don't want the animals to escape. They yes. might get run over. Sure. Um, so they're, they're protected there. And it's luckily the reserve is 128 hectares. It's not, it's not you. that big, uh, not big enough for squatting. Luckily we don't have squatting. Um, we have had a bit of poaching, but I think that's been stopped because we do have poach hunts. You know, we look, at, I mean, we check for, for, for snares. Um, so generally we don't have, um, it's just as you, as you mentioned, the, we are a bit worried about people illegally collecting say um plants or uh, um or mooty plants mm-hmm. or um scorpions or you've got certain spiders they are very sought after baboon spiders is a very special one but uh, not not much i think it's i think it helps a lot that city parks is there there's yes. a presence during the week and we have our guided walks that also educate the people so if people have been on our guided walks and learn for example the scorpions that they are um Pretty special. We have an action endangered one in, in the reserve. Um, so if they see other people digging things out, I think they will, will, yes. will, um, question, because question that. All, I mean, they all work together. They all have such an important role to play. Yes. Well, actually, it was quite funny. We had, um, uh, one time my husband found somebody with a net collecting, um, collecting insects. So he said, what are you doing? Um, so she was doing a project, uh, at, at UJ University and there were an, uh, another 98 students in her class with the same project. Mm. So, um, no, that was killing. That's killing because when we collect, uh, when we're with people, um, we, we, we release, we, we collect, we look at them and we release them, you know, so we don't yes. kill. But so the, this was this project that they had to collect. I've forgotten how many had 50 or something insects per, you know, different species. And, but in a nature reserve, you're not allowed to actually, um, Kill, you know, no, even, or remove anything from yes. the reserve. So that was actually turned out to be uh, actually really nice because I got hold of the lecturer, and she was horrified that there was the student collecting in the in the nature in the natural area. But the result was that the whole class came to Klufendal, and they had uh, we divided, divided them up into groups of twenty, and we took them for a guided nature walk with nets. Oh, we, we provide nets, we provide sample jars, so they collected. I yes. mean, they caught and and. And, you know, and, and identified with the guide and then released them. And then after, actually, it was really quite fun. I was asked to set a test for them. Um, with, we have got a, a, a specimen that have died from natural causes, a lot of insects. And, um, so I was asked to set a test for them where they had to identify the insect. Yes. And, um, and again, what my favorite thing, the function of nature, uh, in, in nature of that particular insect. So that was, uh, so it turned out from, a, from somebody collecting uh, illegally, it turned out to be Into very positive. Real positive, positive educational. educational uh, experience. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I think that's also the thing. People aren't educated enough. You don't find, I mean, we, last time we had you here, we spoke about the little weaver birds that are everywhere right now building their nests. People don't know much about them, about the hardy dolls. We all see them. They're there, but we don't know anything about them. Um, I was so blessed two nights ago to, I've got a double story and leaning out my top window and this beautiful big owl flew over into the tree in my neighbor's garden. We sat there and then he flew back over and sat on my roof. Now I see that as a great blessing. I was like, Oh wow, that's such a blessing. That is luck coming my way. (laughs) A lot of people don't think that, but 
my thoughts immediately turn to these poor owls that are being killed by eating rats that have been poisoned. And I know in the West Rand we have a terrible problem there with, with huge rats coming down and from the mountains. And that is because, of course, the snakes, people kill snakes mm. and people kill owls. Um, but I was just, I also want to um, stress what Spanakma was saying next to me, um, that these animals, when you put them in a cage, um, that their natural habitat is big. They need a big area for, for yes. where to nest. Uh, for example, you talked about the weavers. They need to get, they need to have an area where they have nesting material. They need to feed their, their, they need to, uh, to feed their young. Now the, the, the weavers actually, they're normally seed eaters. So they also need to play, they also need, uh, um, a place where they can collect seeds for their, their food. But also when they have young, they feed them with insects. So again, you need a whole ecosystem to actually sustain. Yes. You, so it can't just be in a little, a little cage. The, those, each animal needs uh, needs a habitat. Needs a habitat, but now, Sprata, just going back on that, when you, when you go to the pet stores, <laughs> you can go to any pet store, and if you wanted to buy a bearded dragon, easy, no problem, three hundred and fifty rand, you've got it. Off you go. Um, they're getting this from somewhere, so there's a lot. Of, are there a lot of breeders? You know, we pick up when anything happens on the, in the media about um, you know. Uh, exotic breeders mm. or exotic animals as pets or whatever, the breeders pop out everywhere. So yes, it's very easy. It's just there's so many of them, yes. um, and it's difficult to track them down. I also fi- find this, find this very interesting. They will always say if you ban the exotic pet trade, it means that the trade will go underground. Well, actually, really, it's underground already. There are so many animals being smuggled, not only out of South Africa, but also into mm, South Africa. Yes. There are so many pet shops that will tell you that they've been offered illegal um, reptiles and so on to sell, and some of them don't, some of them will. So that's really not an excuse. I think if you say ban the exotic trade completely, it will just be much easier to police. No, absolutely. Well, I don't know. To, to me... Um Probably not again. Not having them for sale in bed stores is, yes. is a great start. Um, yeah. I wonder how much of a pet store's revenue comes from the sale of these exotic animals. Um, it's very interesting. I spoke to one or two pet shop owners who obviously weren't happy with our being there, mm. but that's okay. That doesn't matter. You know, we try and engage some of them. Some of them just chase us out anyway. And one of the pet shop owners actually said to me that they keep the animals in the shops because it attracts the people. Ah. So you see, again, an animal becomes an object. It's not something that you look at with compassion and so on. Oh, we're going to put it here because then it becomes an ornament or whatever, and people are going to come in and they're going to come Yes, it's a decoration. Yes. You know, stuff like that. So I don't know how much money they really make um, out of this, but again, if yes. there was no money involved, would they actually sell them? So they must be. But you're right in saying that because I think, especially like the little kids, you know, oh look at the fishies and oh look at the, yes. you know, and oh look at that. I mean, even I, when I'm in a pet store, I go and look at the animals because yes. that's what I'm about. Yes. So yes, they may not be selling them, but they see it as a draw card. Which, you know, there's a lot of other ways to to market your business. Absolutely, you don't have to use live sentient beings. Mm. Um, to market your business, um, keep them in captivity. Little kids run in and say, please buy me a bearded dragon. And mm. parents give up and they buy the little bearded mm. dragon. And although it's illegal to release exotic animals in South Africa into the wild, we don't know 
uh, where else to take them. So, like you've said, many yes, of them so are what happens, up. right, what happens right, what happens to them when you're tired of them? Mm-hmm. You know, they, they aren't any big shelters. Mm-hmm. Um, and Freebie, I think, deals with indigenous animals. I don't know if they would take. I mean, I'm just thinking now, you listening to the show and, and you now sitting at home and you've got a, couple of uh, hedgehogs, bearded dragons, whatever, snakes, exotics. And you think, okay, well, that's it. Where do you take them? Because you can't go and put them in the wild. They'll die. So what do you, what do, you do with them? There's some individuals, few people that mm. we know um, who take in rescue animals. Um, but the rest of the people, yes, what do they do what with do them? They, do they with either them? dumped, you know, fish are just flushed down the toilet because um, when we come back from holiday, we'll just buy another one. Yes. So... Easy, and I mean, what's scary is I've seen um, what were the copperheads being sold, which I think they're from Texas. Mm-hmm. They're from the United States, or sort of more to the south. Now these are very venomous snakes, and they're bringing them in. Yeah, I don't know if if you had a copperhead and you released it in Cliffendall, would would it survive? Would it breed with other snakes? What what would it what would happen? Luckily, I don't think the snakes interbreed. Okay. I, I won't, it wouldn't survive. It couldn't be, it would need a mate to, to, yes. know, to carry yes. on. Um, it wouldn't survive. I don't know. It probably would find some rats and mice to eat and lizards. Mm. So it probably would find food. But it wouldn't survive. No. 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 You see, and, and it's just, uh, people don't realize the amount of work involved. Exactly. They don't realize. And kids, I mean, I don't know, you know, <laughs> children from the time when they want silkworms to keep and all the rest. Kids want pets. And I think, uh, parents sort of say, yes, my little darling, you want that, yes. you get that. Not a problem. Not realizing that, you know, it's going to become your problem in time. Because kids won't look after animals no, for a long time. They no, lose they interest. Don't. They move on. It's a, it's a natural thing. And the other uh, little creature you see in so many pet stores are hamsters. Oh, yeah. Now, again, where do these little guys come from? They're, they're being bred like you wouldn't believe. Absolutely. So we've got, you know, moles for mm, any animal. For any animal. Yes. We um, visited a pet shop two weeks ago, and we found an alligator for sale. Oh. Um, they want 25,000 rand for him And he sits in this glass cage With the water Now, honestly I fail to see how this is In any way compassionate How this is in any way Anything else But about money About the fact that you can tell your friends Oh, come and look what I've got mm, I've got an alligator It's just wrong on every single level yeah. And just because it's legal Doesn't mean it's right doesn't mean it's ethical. But, I mean, at the end of the day, <laughs> Smarata, what, what are you guys doing? What is your mission? Where, where would you like to see the state of affairs in the next couple of years? Well, we've got, we would like to see exotic animals as pets banned in this country. Um, or now, more. does that include all exotics. That includes fish in a fish tank, marine fish, everything that's because the industry is so cruel. Mm. This is what we would like to see. I just need to uh, give people some information because what we've heard is that reptile people, people who breed exotics, say to others, "Don't listen to what ban animal trading is saying because you know what's going to happen once they've got this legislation going, which is probably going to take a few years, but it doesn't matter. We're it's working happened. on it. The legislation has happened." Yes, but it's not August. Uh, it's August last year. Yes, but that's not, and that's for the, with the NIMBA. That's with the yes, NIMBA, yes. Yes, um, but you know, Gauteng, everything goes at the moment. 
But anyway, don't be, they say don't listen to ban animal trading because once this legislation comes into place, people are going to come to your house and they're going to remove your beloved pets and put them to sleep. That's not true. All we're saying is don't breed pets anymore. Don't sell them anymore. And obviously you have to look at the family members, be they exotic or indigenous mm, or mm. domesticated or whatever. Obviously you have to look after them. Sure. Nobody is advocating that all exotic yes, animals be kill killed. All down. No, yes, it doesn't right. matter. We just need to. Can we have some compassion for animals? Mm, to some get that control back. Yeah, exactly. absolutely, absolutely. And Corinne, from your side, I mean, you were saying that you've got a big event coming up this weekend. I Tomorrow. mean, so you are focusing on education, education, education from the kids. Upwards. That, that, because yes, because it is actually so exciting. Everything that you see. When when I take a guided walk, I never know what what you're going to see. I rely on the on the on the on the participants in the group to find mm. uh, all these interesting things. So tomorrow it's a it's a we, we really like to have school groups because uh, the younger people learn about the uh, respect yes. and well, also interest in the Stays environment. Stays with them forever. It, it's, yes, and, mm. and the more you know, the more they learn, the more they're interested they will have, the more responsibility towards conservation. What's happening tomorrow, we've got 135 um, great seven, eight, and nine learners from a school, and they're coming, uh, that's a big group. So our groups that we take, our guided walks, n- normally, normally not more than 20 in a group. So with this group, um, we t- we're taking them on a nature treasure hunt. Oh, where wonderful. they learn different things. They yes. learn about the, um, they learn about the environment, uh, conservation. They learn map re- map reading, and they learn team it's team building. Because yes. what happens? We set out a course which we did yesterday already because they're coming tomorrow. This big group. We set out two courses for them, and it's like a treasure hunt. What's called a treasure hunt? They uh, so at each control point uh, the, where they have a uh, there's red and white tape with a number on it, and say number one, and that will be on a, on a, on a nature features. For example, termite mount. Um, and then there will be a question. So they first, with the map reading, they've got to find where that point number one is, the okay. control. And that, that's a team group. Uh, they're groups of three children in a, in a, in a, in a team. And they go out at one minute intervals on, onto, there are two courses. So they will go first on the one and then they'll go on the other course. And that, that's a, at the number one. If that's the right, it's on the map. If, um, there's a, and then there's a question sheet. So each team will have a map with the route on it, with the controls on it. And then, uh, the other, uh, and they will also have a question sheet on, on the course, on the, uh, on the controls. Oh, so, so on the termite team mount, building it's a team learning. building. Yeah, because they discussed it. So at the termite mount, um, there will be a, a question on, on termites. Yes. It could be, um, now these are our grade seven, eight, and nine. So the question is not just what lives there. Sure. Because <clears throat> that's very easy. But, um, it's more on what a role do termites have in nature? What does this termite mount? Um, yes. contri- contribute to nature and that the, and then there are two answers. They can be one right, one wrong, or they can both be correct. So the correct one would be that it, it aerates the soil because these termite mounds go down, the tunnels that the termites make go down a long way uh, to, wa- to water. Um, so they, they aerate the soil and also these termites, these, these, these mounds we've got, they are grass, they harvest the termites, so they eat grass and the, the termites will eat the grass and then the droppings will eventually become, can become compost. So it, it's also, it's uh, to also enrich yes. the Soil. And, and allows more plants to grow. So it's enriching the soil and it's uh, minerals wise. I wish more companies would do their team. They're very big in team building in the corporate world. We do. We, we do, do offer. so great to we get do them offer out for, there. for them as well. We've had, yes. we've had companies, but we 
would like many more. Many more. Because it is really a team thing. So they come back. They also get timed. So they come back and then they have a snack or whatever they want. And then they go on to the next course. That team staying together yes. at all times. Um, so if they disagree about the map. Now the one might say, oh, gosh, I think we should turn right. The other one might say, no, we must turn. So then they discuss it as a team yes, where yes. to go. And then the question as well, when they, when they have to answer the question, normally the question is visible. The answer is visible. And they discuss as a team what they think the answer is. And at the, at the end, when everybody's done their two courses, then we go through the answers. Gosh, that we sounds like it. so much fun. And I, I actually, gosh, we always run out of time so quickly. I, there was one question I wanted to ask you quickly. I'm on the West Strand and we are seeing all those beautiful white butterflies yes. at the moment. Tell us a bit about them. They, they are the, um, what are they called? Brown veined white butterflies. They, they breed, uh, not even in our area, but they breed further south, I think it is. And they are just too many of them, okay? Mm-hmm. So they actually want to get away from each other. So they go into a big sort of swarm and they travel north and they, um, they might or might not find their destination. The destination would have to be a host plant. That Boschia albitrunca is one of the host plants and they need to find that plant which we don't have on the high felt. Yes. Further north there is, uh, further north, north of Pretoria there are these. Oh, so they're just passing so they're, through. They're just passing through okay. and a lot of them get eaten. So it's wonderful for the birds. You mm-hmm. know, there's a whole nice big food source, but they can only, for them to propagate, they need to lay their eggs on the host plant that the ah. uh, and that those because you see these eat. beautiful clouds of them yes going yes. down the road you do also have in the reserve you also have um, butterfly walks we actually go out with nets with a butterfly fundi um, and you learn about each butterfly that you, that you mm. catch uh, what the host plant is what the caterpillars look like and you can even I don't know if you're aware but butterflies also you can sex them in the male and the female they're slightly different that's that we leave that to the expert I'm not very good at <laughs> <Okay>. it. <laughs> no but I think we're very lucky on the west end because we spend a lot of time out in our garden and uh, we very we try and be very eco-friendly so we feed the birds and we don't use pesticides so we get a lot of gorgeous little babies in our garden but in your garden and there's a lot beautiful. of lovely things to see absolutely you don't have to go to your nature reserve to see them no in in our own garden and i mean my garden it's uh, it's very jungly i mean i love it that way so we've got lots of lovely insects there but we've been seeing this beautiful black and blue butterfly that's been visiting the garden quite quite often and there's nothing nicer than just sitting there and and having a look at them and no it's it's you know i think it's so important again it comes down to education let me as we wrap up now Karin, how can people get hold of you to, i mean it would be great to come and do their team building events there and bring their kids their school tours how can they get hold of you we've got the website friends dot orgsa that's the website and there's a lot of and then you can click on whatever information you'd like to know about if you you could just come up for a picnic or just a walk on your on your own or you if you have a, like a guided walk then it's all it's on the website okay, under, so under you events. can just come in on your own come and have absolutely. a picnic if you okay. want specifically school groups that we really like to encourage that the school groups again as you click on school group yes uh, school, school groups um, and also the opening times so it's open every day of the week from six in the morning to six in the evening and it's safe. It really is so nice that I can walk there on my own. Really. And prepare safe. So this I'm is what we need. Hats off to, you say, departments of parks and uh, recreation. Yes, yes. No, thank you for doing that because especially in Gauteng, there's so few open spaces where people can just go and relax in nature. We don't have the ocean. We don't have anywhere else to go. So 
That's a, that's a treasure you have there, Karen. It, it, is, it is again. Um, the, the people do need to realize that the, the bylaws they are good. The, mm. the public for public open spaces. Um, that you are not allowed to have alcohol there and no, you're not sure. allowed to have make uh, electronic music, you know. Yes. So it's peaceful that, no, that you respect everybody. Okay, great. So people can go on your website and that's how they can get hold of you. Smarachta, how can people help you before we, we got three minutes. They could, okay, I'm going to <laughs> They could go to our Facebook page. They'll find us there. They can go to our website, www.bananimaltrading.org. They'll find all the information there. And that's basically how we operate. Yes. And we just want people to, when they see a cub in captivity, mm. with any animal in captivity, please don't support facilities like that. That's something that Absolutely. really will kill the industry. Yeah, I mean, in fact, ladies, I could bring you back again for the next two months to have this conversation <laughs> yeah. because it's never ending. There's so much we could talk about. So I think we're going to do this again very, very soon. And um, thank you so much. I mean, I know you guys go and, and, and demonstrate outside courts uh, for dog fighting. So you do everything out there. Yes. And um, as I always say, I have animal angels in studio today. <laughs> well, that's thank about you. all we've got time for. We'll be back next Wednesday, same time, same place. While you're out there, remember to pick up the latest issue of Canine Zone magazine. We've got awesome stories in there, lots of doggies up for adoption, lots of happy homing stories and advice um, for your pet as well. We'll be back next week. We're going to play out with a song that I love. It's called Cheerleader, and I do sing to my dogs. Now, as you hear the song play out, I always change it to, ooh, I think that I found myself a terrier, and she's here when I need her. So enjoy the song. Bye for now. Animal Central on cliffcentral.com.